I got it.
Helena. Hey. hey, can you move it down? I want to see your whole face. And I sometimes I can't see it. Can you move your yeah, thank you. I'm not getting good uh volume. I can hardly hear you. Uh how about everybody else? Can everybody else hear me? My volume, my speakers are up as high as they can go. You know, sometimes that's why I put the, the earphones in because I can hear <clears throat> so much easier. That's Is that why they're plugged in? <laughs> <laughs> That's better. Does uh, Does Linda know she her name says Jennifer Hadley? There's two Jennifers. Can't hear you. Nice to see everyone. Great. Yeah. So beautiful. <laughs> Oh, hmm. interesting. Something has changed here. I think that's because Linda's logged in as me. Yeah, Linda, can you log out as me? And and that's uh, I'm, I'm trying to do that right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem. Sorry about that. I'll figure it out. Yeah, no, I know this stuff happens because uh, you do log in as me and then you don't. And you know what? Um, maybe using two different browsers, one for when you're logging in as me and then that browser can save that login. I do that. Okay. I do that. Yeah. Yep. I'll, I'll figure it out. Sorry about that. Yeah, no worries. No worries at all. I appreciate all your service. You too, Carla. <laughs> so, so beautiful. Yeah. So I'm excited for our class today. And um, I just don't know what's happening with the recording. So I just want to get that. Maybe if you could just, um, yeah, log out, Linda, or just leave the, the meeting. And then I'll, I think I'll have to start over again. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know how to eject Linda. <laughs> she seems to be frozen. Oh, there she's moving. Can you just maybe close your Zoom, Linda? What about if she clicks on the link? Maybe she'll enter as a different, is that how she entered? Yeah, I'm just, 
first things first though first she has to leave <laughs> and then she can come back All right, well, we're, while we're figuring that out, um, just for the recording's sake and all that, who's got the 505? Is that uh, Kazi? Let's see. Oh, I don't have any controls because Linda's logged in as me. Um, Kazi, can you unmute yourself? Is that you at the 505 area code? Linda, is there any way you could just disconnect from the, you know, close your software? There she goes. All right, I'm gonna have to log out and come back in, I think. So let me do that. Can't hear you, Jennifer. So, yeah. um, Kazi, is that you with the 505 area code? Yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah. So, honey, you just need to, um, if you could, set up your account so that when you come in, it has your name. And then um, uh, I don't have to ask you and type it in and yeah. keep track yeah, of it. Yeah, I will. Name. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll do that. No judgment, but that would be helpful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm mute for now. Okay, cool. Um, all right. So I'm going to just take a moment here. We'll uh, pull you in a moment. And so for our recording, for our transcribers, uh, we've got uh, Carla and the Carruthers, Karen and Rich, and Lars and Lana and Lawrence and Lydia and Jerry and Kazi and me and then Linda will come back, I'm sure. And yeah, we're figuring out the technology. It's just, you know, there's a learning curve with it. And um, yeah, so I'll do a little bit of housekeeping here. Yesterday in the year three class, it was decided that people would like to have their community call on Wednesday evening at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, which um, is um, non-accessible for you Europeans, and I'm sorry about that. Um, but you can definitely go to the year two community call. And um, in our class is so community oriented and many of you are uh, going to be in the sacred circle uh, meetings so uh, and you, ha you have such close relationships with your prayer partners by now my sense is that you ought to have plenty of support but if any of you would like to have a specific ascension path community call first of all you know we'll have three meetings a week one, uh, a month one I am study group and one uh, two Ascension Pathway classes. So uh, we're, we're only going to have one um, week per month when there won't be a specific 
AP class. Uh, so if you'd like to have a community call then, uh, we can just set that up on Zoom. It's no big deal. It's recurring anyway at this time. So um, I'll leave that to you if you'd like to do that, which I, I would imagine that some of you would like because then you can really um, also have more discussion about these beautiful, beautiful books. And um, some of you have uh, discussed Unveiled Mysteries with me before. Some of you haven't. So we're just going to have this one gathering to talk about Unveiled Mysteries, and then we're going to move into uh, the Magic Presence and then uh, the I Am Discourses. So uh, I, I don't know how long we'll spend on the Magic Presence. Um, has anybody dipped into that yet? Nope. Oh, Alorix has. Yeah. And um, did you all read Unveiled Mysteries? Anybody not read it? I haven't finished the last 50 pages. Okay. All right. I um, also didn't finish it. So. Okay. Yeah, I'm in the middle of it. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's packed. It's packed. And the first two books in this I Am Discourses series are uh, different. Um, they, they, then from the I Am uh, Discourses, uh, the number, um, or, uh, hmm, I guess I don't have it right here. But the, that, the, uh, this one, uh, Unveiled Mysteries and the um, Magic Presence, are more like adventure stories mixed in with spiritual teaching. Um, so, um, and then the, after that, the next couple of books are really uh, more like Seven Sacred Flames, discourses from mostly Master Saint Germain, but also some other masters. And um, let, now that we've got Linda back, thank you, Linda. Always learning something, aren't we? My God. Who, who thought that to be a spiritual teacher, counselor, um, awakened person, that it would require so much technology uh, uh, adaptability? <laughs> yeah. But there we are. All right, so let's, let's pray. So very grateful, so very thankful to open our hearts and open our minds to infinite love, divine intelligence, true wisdom and clarity. So grateful to open ourselves to the unprecedented flow of divine goodness. We're partnering up with the higher Holy Spirit self. We're partnering up with the beloved master, Saint Germain. We're opening our heart and mind to these teachings of love, these teachings of pure insight, a revelation of truth is happening in our awareness. We are gratefully laying on the altar every thought that's false, and we are opening ourselves to that pure truth that liberates us from all sense of lack, limitation, and separation. We are grateful and thankful that this day has come, this moment has come, and we're giving ourselves this gift of freedom, sharing the benefits with everyone in our life. I invoke the violet flame for all of us to soak, saturate, and surround us in 
every aspect of our conversation. So grateful and so thankful for the healing, this dynamic healing. It's happening now. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 As I invoked the violet flame, I remembered a conversation I had a couple of years ago with one of my prayer partners, and we were talking on Skype, and um, she it was in Kauai at the time, and there was a tremendous amount of really dynamic energy that she was experiencing there. And as we were talking, literally, I saw it on the screen, the violet flame just filled the room on her end because I could see her and she went like this she said can you see this I said yes I just didn't think to take a picture of it at the time but we were both like omg because I mean it was just so vivid that the the violet woo, all around her and it was like electric static energy all around her and um, at the time she said this is for you this is for you this is uh, for you, and so I, I, um, I, I half expected to open my eyes and see the violet flame around us all. In, uh, um, but never doubt these kinds of things. Um, I'll tell you. Um, uh, for those of you who who've read um, uh, Unveiled Mysteries, you know that um, Guy Ballard had this experience where um, with the, the Master Saint Germain and uh, the Black Panther, right? And um, I told Lars this story when we were in um, Glastonbury, where we were over by the Chalice Well. And um, <clears throat> that uh, a friend of mine had told me that a friend of hers had been in Glastonbury and that had been over by the, um, the well uh, the, and uh, early at the crack of dawn. And there was mist in the air. It's, it's very common. The mists of Avalon in Glastonbury are there because Glastonbury um, is also known as Avalon and, um, or the location of Avalon in a another dimension. And... Um, that he saw, uh, he saw a black panther walking the streets at dawn in the mists of Glastonbury, and um, and he had said to her, you know, so be careful if you go around there. There's a black panther in the neighborhood, and um, with having read uh, Unveiled Mysteries, I, I had a sense of who or what what the the panther was representing, who the panther was with. And um, yeah, so, so we're going to discuss uh, these books in these uh, I Am Discourses conversations. And then in our Ascension Pathway classes, we'll be talking about the practical application of what we've been learning from these books. So these classes are, this discussion group is really for the purpose of discussing these books. And 
we all have access to the same insights and the same information in these books. So I'm going to invite you to come prepared to the discussion to talk about what excites you and ignites you or even uh, confuses you or anything about these books. And I'm going to start off with uh, saying to me, one of the most, um, my favorite parts in this book is the, the part where there is the, oh, I'm just going to reach out there, Carla, we hear all your rustling. Um, the, uh, the whole part where there was the, uh, the dinner where everybody came, right? And uh, the, the, there was that choice that the people had decided to shift out of this pure access, this pure awakened uh, available state um, and to move into uh, a sense of separation. And I think of that all that time because, not all the time, but I think of it frequently. It just it resonates so much with me. That whole uh, evening, the, the dinner, the fair, like the farewell dinner, and um, that this was a conscious choice that people made to be less aware. And that uh, this divine experiment of less awareness really became an experience that people were having. And that it was a choice. It wasn't something that happened to them. And not everybody chose it, but generally the people did. And um, of course, well, anybody else feel, um, did anybody else feel inspired by that or just in any way moved by that or affected by that? All right. Um, anybody have any sections in the book that they did feel moved by, that struck them, that ignited them in any way? You want like a specific paragraph or something? Could be. Well, I like the first few pages. I, before he went into all the traveling and all the story thing, which had, which had, I, I wrote down a lot of stuff, like, because <clears throat> it talked about, you're going to hear some wrestling, about um, the different laws, the truth of life, the law of love, the eternal law of life, and the law of re-embodiment, and a bunch of other laws. What did you learn? That has, has brings you benefit now. You know, I think I've shared with many people about um, the um, the paragraph. I can read the paragraph. I don't know if I can say it. But it's about 
the feeling activity of life is the most unguarded point of human consciousness. It Where is the are you reading from, Carla? Well, I think I'm in a different book. I'm on page seven, but I think I, my book is different. Okay, what chapter are you in? It's in Meeting the Master. Is that the first chapter? I think it's the first chapter. Yeah. It's, it's, in, uh, it's on page 11. Great. Oh, yeah, I see it here. That was really, I've shared that with many people, how the feeling activity of life is the most unguarded point of human consciousness, is the accumulative energy by which thoughts are propelled into atomic substance and thus thoughts become things. I tell you, the need of guarding the feeling cannot be emphasized too strongly, for control of the emotions plays the most important part of anything in life, maintaining the maintaining balance in the mind, health in the body, success and accomplishment in the affairs and world of the personal self of every individual. This is this I underline this like twice. Thoughts can never become things until they are clothed with feeling. And I mean I think that's everything that's happening to me, really. It's this seeing a taxi. I had years, I mean, I had this realization yesterday. I didn't speak of it in that yesterday in the MLC3 class that Brad spoke about the not the cycle. How because I fell in love with this woman. I'll, I'll try to convince it. And then she like told me I was like not even worth her compassion. <laughs> And I believed her, and I felt so, so, I just felt so, it was this reaction, that believing that, right? And I I couldn't even be awake, because I kept thinking, really, <laughs> those thoughts that I see now were not helpful. And, I mean, not like that, but they were harmful. And... Um, and I just slept. I just slept and slept, and then I recovered from it. But that, after that, is when my ataxia really started to manifest. I do see that there were symptoms before, but I think that's when I really started believing it. Yeah. And so, I, I, but, I, I totally appreciate that. Tells me that emotions. I think the dog needs to go out. Forgive me. <laughs> There's nobody else around. I have to let the dog out. Okay. Thank you, Carla, for sharing. I must really say this part has also uh, evoked a lot of interest in me for I also feel the same way. Sometimes I feel that I cannot control my emotions and my thoughts. Sometimes when I'm at... Uh, during the last uh, days, I was in a uh, difficult and a challenging emotion, and it was really very challenging for me to control this emotion. And uh, when I read this book, it um, immediately spoke to me. I immediately felt this is exactly a message for me to really, uh, yes, to really be aware of it. What I came to realize is how I've stuffed my emotions, and that keeps it in my body so that. The key it, to me, I've realized, is to feel my emotions and release them and let them go, you know, and, and not identify with my emotions as me, 
They're just indicators. So I've spoken enough. Okay, so that's what's in that seemed valuable to me. Oh, it's extremely valuable. Yes. Linda? Well, I remember uh, Carla mentioning that to me and um, what spoke to me was just a couple pages further in. And I, I really feel that they're related where he says the law of re-embodiment is the activity in human growth that gives the individual an opportunity to reestablish a balance in conditions that he has consciously caused to be thrown out of balance. So um, in that same vein, uh, that Carla was talking about, I can relate to that, um, having that uh, that emotion and then stuffing that emotion and completely disconnecting from the body, which, you know, you always talk about the body is the divine alarm clock. And that's so true. If I'm so disconnected from my body, that means I can't hear what God's trying to tell me. And, um, so establishing, re-establishing that contact with my body um, has brought so much more uh, clarity and balance in my life, even though my life appears uh, more chaotic at times in what, in form. Um, and uh, I am interested in more energizing and putting more emphasis on the the emotions that are connected with my desires and what I would like to see happening in the world. Yes. Yes, well said. Very well said. I can go on and on about this topic. Who who else can can share about this? Hey Jennifer, I I don't have my book yet. I I ordered it and it should be here any day now. But when you were talking about that dinner scene and were you saying that it touched you because of it mirroring the, the separation? Yeah, I, I appreciate you're asking about that, Lana. So in this in the scene, um, the people of the community it's it's been determined that the people of the community really are wishing to be less in tune with the infinite to be less responsible and to close their their uh, awakened self down and to have that experience uh, not because they're on a spiritual adventure per se and consciously knowing that but because they would like to have less responsibility, less freedom. And um, what, why it comes back into my mind all the time is because I am extremely aware of in my past, that's how I felt. So very much related to what Car Carla's saying, Car Carla's saying, nope, all right, whatever. Um, <clears throat> and Linda's saying, uh, 
I can remember so many times, I mean, thousands of times uh, where I, the divine alarm clock was going off and my higher self was saying, um, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. And trying to signal me that I had resources that I could transcend, I could transform, I could transmute, that something new, something different could happen. And I literally in my mind would be like, no, I'm going into self-medication, I'm getting out of this. I'm going to escape it by polluting myself with whatever, you know, food, exercise, alcohol, drugs, whatever it was. And uh, I, I'm out of here. I am not going to feel these feelings. I am not, I am not, I am not. And um, so I can just have so much compassion for our ancestors who made that choice. Uh, and then, of course, we are our ancestors. So I can have so much compassion for myself. And I also... You know, there's a tendency among spiritual students that we would, I, I see this all the time because I, I saw it in myself, I recognize it when I see it in the world, um, where I, I can remember having so many conversations with my spiritual friends and saying basically, look at those people, they're so unspiritual, oh my God. And, and you know, I used to have these conversations where even in my own head where I was just thinking, Ugh, they're just such a loser. I'm giving up on them. I can't handle that. You know, I just don't, uh, you know, they're just stupid. You know, like for me, um, one of the, the, the people that helped snap me out of that on a, on a, a, a much bigger level was George W. Bush. Because I can remember um, really thinking that he was an idiot and thinking that he was like an evil puppet and um, that he was literally um, so mercenary and so um, just repulsive and disgusting to me. I really, I did feel that. And one day... I realized he's my complete and total brother angel. He's my savior. I really did because I was willing. I realized that. I realized he's an angel. And now when I see him, I just see like this sweet, sweet man, you know, who just is like, you know, is just playing the role that he's appointed to play in my life, you know? And I see him holding hands with Michelle Obama and like singing and happy and like, sure, you know, God bless you, dude. And, um, and, you know, a lot of us are feeling like, gosh, remember the days when we had it so good? We had George W. Bush was our president. Oh, only we could go back there, right? He, we didn't know what a great president he was. Oh, just the thought, right? So um, it's, it's uh, our saviors come in these, these guises. If we're not feeling our feelings, if we're not paying attention to it, uh, if we're trying to escape from uh, being awake and aware, and we're spiritual students, and we're also trying to wake up 
through reading books and having conversations and prayer and spiritual practice, then we're in this crazy zone, right? And I was in that crazy zone for uh, maybe 20 years. So I, I have so much compassion for it now. And um, so when I, I, I don't know, you know, it happens once a week, once a, a couple times a month. I just think of those people and having that dinner party and that they had consciously made that choice and having compassion, having compassion for myself for also having made that choice. And now I'm making a different choice. And some days I do better than others. Some moments I do better than others. And that, uh, yes, the divine alarm clock is so helpful to me. So, so helpful. And <clears throat> so what you're saying, Linda and Carla, is uh, it's great awareness. It's tremendous awareness. And you just having that awareness and being able to, A, completely, 100% forgive yourself. 100%. And to give thanks and to bless the people around you who helped you to have this realization in whatever way they participated. And to really, really understand, because this, this is the quantum leap of A Course in Miracles, to be able to go to my meaningless thoughts, I can let them go. I don't need these thoughts. They're actually meaningless. I'm really, really willing to trade them for the thoughts I think with God. It's, um, it's that total surrender, the total, total willingness. I just had it, 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 something happen to me. Can I express it? Yeah. So you're, I, I recognize the dinner party, but I didn't, I didn't fully realize what you're expressing right now, that that was a moment that they, I didn't get that. And so what I saw in my mind is, oh, I can't, re I can't get this. I, it's too hard. I got, it takes me longer. And I was realized, I don't want those thoughts. Those thoughts are not interesting to me anymore. And so this has happened just now in the last two or three minutes. And so Thank you. I mean, I'm, I'm seeing a more, but um, sometimes I <laughs> don't. But so um, that's not true. I can read it and I can get it. So thank you. Yeah, beautiful. I, I, I can tell you that my own experience with this Master St. Germain series is that I experience all the time, every time I pick up one of the books to read it, I read something that I started thinking a couple years ago, six months ago, three months ago, five years ago. And so for me, it's also been helpful to me that I'm realizing as I'm reading these profound truths, so simply stated, so simply stated, that I, I have this awareness already. I have the awareness of an ascended master. And I believe every one of us does. I really do. And so when you read something in these discourses that resonates with you, do yourself a wonderful favor by saying, you see, 
I have ascended master awareness. Because when you read something and it, 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 you really feel like, oh God, yes, yes, I love this, this is so true. Know that the only reason that you can actually feel that way is because you already know it, right? So, because think of how many times many people, I mean, I was talking with someone in Masterful Living the other day who's been a long time spiritual student and um, was saying uh, about other things related to other things, you know, gosh, I've just been so stupid about this, or how could I have been so stupid about that? And it's like, hmm. What if you weren't being stupid? You just didn't, just didn't understand it. You know, I mean, I, I've had moments where I'm trying to do something and I'm like, I, I can't figure it out. So I'll ask Mikey, my 11 year old nephew, can you do this? And he's like, sure. And he comes over and he does it. Does that mean I'm stupid? No, of course not. So it's really, um, everything is working for us everything and so it's about is there anything any part of life that you don't think is good that you're rejecting you're thinking oh that's not working for me that's opposing me you know i would just like to say something when i read the book i really felt that i have the awareness but i'm not willing to practice this awareness in everyday situation. I mean, uh, today there was a situation where colleagues make jokes about, uh, made jokes about another colleagues. And I was also laughing. And I felt inside my heart, okay, I know that it was a judgmental thought. I, I knew, really knew it. I felt it. But I was not willing to let go of this judgment at the moment. But I was willing to let go of it afterwards. This was a very important realization that I deliberately choose to be in judgment in some situations. Right. It's something totally different from being judgmental without having any control about it. Right, right. Absolutely different. Yes. So, yeah, I can remember saying with my spiritual friends, each one of us would do this. Okay, okay, I know it's not spiritual to gossip, but I just got to tell you this. You know, we would all do it. Uh, you know, I just know, I know it's not very loving, but golly, I just got to talk about this thing. Mm. So, but there's a way to shift that. You know, we can take it out of that energy and say, you know, gosh, I'm, I, I'm noticing I have this piece of gossip. I'd like to talk about it so much. What's that about, right? We mm. can take it to that level, you know, instead of the, the less spiritually mature level. I'd like to ask you, Lars, would you be willing to talk about what the comments were and why you were laughing about it so we could just all see ourselves in it? Yeah, it was about a colleague. We have a colleague at the school who comes to school very early in the morning at 4 a.m. or something like that. And she likes singing. And our housekeeper was telling us he woke up and he thought there was somebody crying and she was singing airs <laughs> in the school at 4 a.m. And yes, we were laughing about her because it was so funny that somebody comes to school and sings uh, something uh, during the night at the school. And uh, this colleague is known for it. She is a little bit uh, yeah, out of the ordinary. She has 
this uh, behavior sometimes. He shows this behavior. And I was laughing at the moment because it was really funny for us. And we joined together and laughed about it. This was really a moment of connection. And afterwards, I asked myself, okay, uh, wasn't it judgmental to laugh about her singing in the school? Maybe she liked it. Why was I making jokes about it? And I found out it has nothing to do with jokes. It was just a moment of fun. And afterwards, I could just send her love and compassion and I could let it go. But I really deliberately chose to laugh about the situation, which seems a little bit strange, because I wanted to establish a connection to my other colleagues at the moment. And there was something in me would say, okay, just laugh about it. You don't laugh about her in a serious way. You just, uh, it's just funny for you. So what was funny about it? Because I don't see what's funny about it. Yeah, when uh, normally, I mean, uh, teachers come at 7 a.m. When, when, when the school starts. But when a colleague comes to work during the night, it's very unusual. She stays there for three hours in the night at the school. It's very unusual. And then she starts singing <laughs> in the school, uh, like uh, opera, sorts of opera airs or something like that. It's very unusual. It's a little bit strange because nobody knew it. And our housekeeper was afraid of it because at first he really didn't know who was there. He thought there would be somebody who had problems who would cry, who would cry for help or something like that. And this was the funny thing because this colleague often do these strange things. I mean, when we are going on holiday, she had a tent with her. All people were in a hotel and she was um, camping. And this was something a lot of people found funny about her. And this was uh, the thing about it. She's a little bit un out of the ordinary, her behavior sometimes. Hey, hey Lars, what I, oh, thank you for that sharing. And what I want to say is that really, to me, the learning really is about you being able to be attentive to your heart. And initially that, that it wasn't coming from a loving heart. It was coming from wanting to be associated with your colleagues. But then when you reflect on it, you can see the beauty of it and it comes from your heart then. So that, that's a beautiful insight. And I thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Well, from uh, my, how I relate to it, Lars, is, um, when you're talking about it, I feel like the reason why it's funny to all of you is because it makes you uncomfortable. Hmm. Her, her, her differences make you uncomfortable um, and maybe in some way are triggering something, bringing something up because she sounds like an incredibly passionate person who... Mm -hmm who knows herself and loves herself so much that she's willing to do whatever she feels supports her self-expression, camping in a tent. Uh, she probably is singing in one of the big auditoriums or someplace that has a nice echo or something mm -hmm. or, you know, and so she's, she loves herself enough to express herself despite what other mm -hmm. people might think about her. A lot of people feel more comfortable laughing at that and making fun of that and so the laughter can be just, you know, you, you feel nervous, uncomfortableness and um, wanting to, you know, put it out there. It's different than me. It's not the same as me. So I can say it's uh, something to make fun of. And um, so 
let me just ask you, if you had it to do over again, and I totally agree with Rich, if you had it to do over again, what would you do differently? I think I wouldn't uh, start laughing about it. I would just say to my colleagues, oh, that's wonderful. She's really, uh, yeah, she likes singing, and it's really a wonderful thing of expressing herself. It's very wonderful. I really admire her for having the courage. I often, uh, yeah, I, I often don't have the courage to do these strange things, although I'm willing to, I would be willing to do them, but I have not the courage. And so I admire her for having the courage to be different. And we are all one, so we are all uh, connected in a way. And so it's not out of me, so we are, it's, it speaks to my heart. And this is really the important thing about it. And if you can do that, right, which I could totally see you doing, of course, if you can do that without judging your colleagues, then mm. you can fit the conversation into everyone's heart. Mm. Yeah. If you yes. can do that without judging them for laughing. Like you can laugh and say, I know, isn't it? It's crazy. That's how it seems. But I have to say, I really admire her. I think she's amazing. Mm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It reminds me of a, a I, I used to work at the New York Shakespeare Festival back in the 80s. And I had worked there for a, a handful of years and then I went and did something else and then I came back. And while I had been doing something else, I had um, started my spiritual path and I had been on my spiritual path for a year. Um, and uh, then I went back to the New York Shakespeare Festival, maybe a year and a half. And um, we were like my first morning back. We were all standing around the coffee machine, having a cup of coffee first thing in the morning. And people were like, Oh, you're back. It's good to see you. You know, cause I knew these people, I worked so closely with them for years and they were talking about, they were gossiping about somebody and they were saying, you know, gosh, you know, he's so difficult to work with. He's such a pain in the ass. And um, gosh, you know, what are we going to do about that? And I, I said, well, you know, we really don't know what his life has been that, that makes him behave this way. You know, maybe he's had a really difficult time. Maybe right now he's going through a difficult time in his marriage, and, and that's why he's acting this way at work. And they all got real quiet, and they looked at me, and one person said what other people were thinking. She looked at me, and she went, oh, you have changed. <laughs> hmm. He was like, oh, you have changed. Because the old me would have said, yeah, what's up with that guy? He's such a loser. I can't stand that. Oh, it makes me sick. I hope he quits, you know? That was the former me. So, um, and what I saw in, in the workplace, without judging what other people were doing, it transformed the workplace. Hmm. And you already know that, of course. Yeah, absolutely. So good to recognize these moments, right? Because this is the thing, right? I, I recognize I made the wrong decision because I'm not at peace, right? So you, you walked away from that interchange and you didn't feel at peace. Hmm. You're making a different decision and you can give all the consequences to the Holy Spirit to resolve throughout all time and space. Hmm. I do it all the time. And you add some Ho'oponopono in there. And it's amazing how 
like I have had many moments in the last bunch of years where I said some snarky comment or I did something that really just wasn't supportive and loving with someone. And then I just pray, you know, Holy Spirit, all directions of time and space, all the consequences. I really mean it in my heart and let it be as though it never happened. I learned from it. Nobody else has to have any memory of it, any, anything else. Just like take the whole thing, elevate it to pure perfection and uh, on behalf of all of us. And over and over and over again, I've experienced that to be the case. And so like Carla is saying that then the moment we begin to notice emotionally, that we're putting feeling with our negative thoughts. Right then is when we, we can ask our higher self, as soon as I move in that direction, put an alarm bell in my mind. You know, I'll still have free will to choose, right? I may not choose the highest thing, but I want to really see my choices. And it's happening more and more. And when you spoke, how you said um, about going back and, and changing all the consequences of your actions, I, I really, I've heard you say that many, many times. And I really didn't think I believed it's possible. And now I do. I, I'm really seeing it differently. Okay, so Carla, when you made that decision, right, and you started to experience the physical effects of it, you're believing it. Oh, wow. Can you go back there? Are you willing to go back there? Give oh, man. all the consequences of your wrong decision to the Holy Spirit. I think, I, want to, I think I'm going to have to ask for a session on this, a whole session on this. I'm going to work on that wellness because I do notice that as soon as you said that, I doubt come up again. And yeah, so well, that doubt's coming up for healing. That's why. Who can relate? Can you say anything more about how you relate, Linda? Well, I relate in uh, a couple different ways, but right now what keeps coming back to me over and over and over again is um, what's going on in the U.S. with the, with the uh, Trump administration and how it's so easy to fall into um, taking the emotions of fear and anger at what's happening and um, and instead of dealing with those emotions to heal them, to make fun of him and at the same time like looking back and thinking to myself, you know, all of these people are taking all these actions to call their representatives and stuff oh my God, if we would have done this when Obama was in office, maybe he wouldn't have had such a hell of a time trying to get anything passed. That's and right. it's, it's like, um, wow, that responsibility really falls on me, really falls on me. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm willing to say that 
Trump is my savior because I am having all of these incredible realizations and um, I may still think of him as a really tall Oompa Loompa, but at the same time, I love him dearly for all of the realizations that I'm having and uh, all of the ways that I am uh, making myself willing to really dive deep into whatever I'm feeling in order to just bring it up and out and release it and uh, and then share the benefits of releasing that with everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why he's showing up where it's so easy to make fun of him. So we can see where we live in our heart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And still, just to, to keep it totally real, is it okay to laugh at somebody's hair? And to think, that looks comical to me. <laughs> well, I've laughed at my own hair. <laughs> But at the same time, I, it wasn't like I was laughing because I, it just was funny. <laughs> but I, you know, I'm not, I'm not laughing because I'm putting myself down. I'm laughing because it's just funny. <laughs> so I, I can laugh at, at the same time, know that, wow, there's a lot there must be a lot going on with him that he feels that he has to do that with his hair in order to cover, order to cover up the fact that he's obviously going bald as we all are, <laughs> or a lot of us are. Yeah. Yeah. Jennifer, I, I want to um, comment just because what we're talking about fits into the thing that one of the things that impressed me in the early part of the book and on page uh, 10, it <clears throat> says the eternal law of life is that whatever you think and feel, you bring into form. Where yes. your thought is, there you are, for you are your consciousness. And whatever you meditate upon, you become. So <clears throat> that seemed to be important to me. Uh, and again, as you pointed out earlier, something that we know, I know that, I've heard it many times. And so I guess that's the thing about being as knowing your ascended masteredness, because you knew that. I knew that already before I read it here. Yeah, keeping it into my conscious mind. And then the other piece that fits in that is on page 20, <clears throat> down at the bottom where it says, there is only one way, he went on, to avoid the cosmic wheel of cause and effect, the necessity for re-embodiment, and that is through the conscious effort to comp comprehend the law of life. One must earnestly seek the God within, make permanent, conscious contact with the inner self, and hold firmly to it in the face of every condition in your outer life. So that was a, a, a sort of a great reminder of guidance of the, of the pathway, which is to know that what you think about is what you become or what you, you know, the way you spend your time and energy. And if you want, if you don't attend to that, then <clears throat> you're going to re-experience things over and over and over and over and over and over and over. It's just karma. And that's true probably as one thinks about re-emerging in a different life space, but it's also true in relationships and just any kind of interaction that we do over and over again, unless we 
go within, understand the law of life, go within and make a permanent this contact with our inner self or the, or the true self. So, and hold firmly to it in every condition in the outer life. And this is what we talk about with Trump. I mean, there's an enormous number of temptations to not hold with that, but yeah. to go back out into the world of illusion. So, yeah. and that's where the divine alarm clock comes in where we can say, no, I, I, I want to let that go. I, I don't want to go down that road. And I want to stay with my connection with the inner self, with the true self. Yes. Yeah, that's one of my, those are two of my favorite parts too, Rich. And um, so when he's talking about the re-experiencing it, mm -hmm. so can we just feel where we are choosing to re-experiencing it this something by choosing to hold an opinion or a judgment about it? That it's going to come back again because we're choosing it. It's going to come mm -hmm. back again. We're choosing something that is an illusion that we like so we're going to experience it again so we can say oh you know what i'd rather have what god what's real what god made what god created than what i made mm -hmm. and it's just making that choice again and again and again and <clears throat> in 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 tune what, what you're saying rich on Page 11, and right before, right um, two paragraphs down. Okay. Here's the thing. I need to find out what Right under what Carla had read before on page 11. Carla, I'm telling you here, it's, it's, it's almost the same, okay? So I what you were Can you hear me, Carla? Yes, I do, but... What I'm, what I'm, was thinking before you spoke is that I need to get your book because you guys sell Toby pages and I'm looking and looking and looking and, and I'm making this noise and so how can I find that book because I I really want to go along with you. I this is so powerful this book. <clears throat> I want to be there with you when you read it and I'm like looking and I'm not really listening. Yeah, one that looks like this. No, mine looks like this. This is. The whole series. How do, how do you get it? I got this from Amazon. Well, I just looked on Amazon. I got mine from Amazon too, and it's in the bookstore. Should be yes. in the bookstore. Okay, I'll, go I'll go to the bookstore. All right, go ahead. Sorry. But what I was trying to say to you, Paula, is the part I'm going to read now was right under the part that you read. The part you read about uh, guarding the feeling. Okay, so right under that, the next paragraph is the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit is the feeling side of life, God, the activity of divine love, or the mother expression of deity. So I think this is really helpful for us to understand is we're a Course of Miracles students. The Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit is the feeling side of life, God, the activity of divine love, or the mother expression, or point to consider here regarding the Holy Spirit, is in the seven sacred flames, we have uh, the cohans of the different rays, the seven rays, right? 
So the third ray is the pink ray of divine love. And I love that we have our class on Thursday, which is resurrection. Um, and Friday, I picked Friday before because it's ascension. Uh, you know, the, um, uh, so um, the fifth ray. But so uh, Master Paul, the Venetian, is the Kohan of the ray, uh, the rose pink ray of divine love. And in uh, Aurelia's book, she says that he holds the office of the Holy Spirit. He holds the office of the Holy Spirit. And it's the, so the, the Holy Spirit is the feeling side of life. Now, I really think the I am presence and the Holy Spirit are also the same. And yet it makes sense to me that Master Paul would be guiding the, um, our experience of the Holy Spirit. Uh, representing that. So, and also the, remember too that, um, so he represents or is the Kohan of the rose pink ray, which is the, the ray of the divine mother, the divine feminine, divine love, right? Just as the blue ray, which is the ray of divine will, uh, represents the father, the masculine side of God, the the action, the power of uh, God. The power is divine will. And then divine love is the mother expression of deity. That's what he's saying here. Um, that the Holy Ghost is the feeling side of life God, the activity of divine love, or the mother expression of deity. So divine will is the father, divine love is the mother. This is why the sin against the Holy Ghost is referred to as that which brings such great distress because any discord in the feeling breaks the law of love, which is the law of balance, harmony, and perfection. Also prosperity, wholeness, freedom, everything right? So whenever there's discord or disharmony, we're feeling it. And, and there's a difference between feeling that somebody else is experiencing discord and disharmony, but we know when it's ours, right? We know. So when we're experiencing that, it's time to choose again, right? And give all the consequences of my just a moment ago wrong decision. Now I can bring myself present in the field of love, by getting out of the past, which was my wrong decision, be in the moment now, give all the consequences to the Holy Spirit, which is divine mother, divine love. Make sense? Just trying to pull all these pieces together here so that you, we can see it's really one teaching expressed in, in several different ways. Linda. I was just going to mention what popped into my head when you said that was, oh my gosh, because um, I was born on a Tuesday, though Tuesday's my day. And um, St. Paul in the Bible was the author. So it makes so much sense because the Bible says in the beginning there was the word. And the word really is the Holy Spirit of God. It's just like, it's just blowing my mind right now. I'm like, oh my God, these are really all the same teachings over and over and over again. 
so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is so cool. That's the thing. There's nothing cooler than the truth. It's just, it's so exciting because we, we can begin to feel it and we can, what we're feeling is our liberation. Mm -hmm. We're feeling, oh, I don't, I don't have to keep re-experiencing and regurgitating the pain. So it goes on here to say, um, the greatest crime in the universe against the law of love is humanity's almost ceaseless sending forth of every kind of irritable and destructive feeling seems just to be the embodiment of that idea ceaseless bringing forth irritation frustration destructive feeling lashing out because he feels helpless right somebody doesn't like him he has to attack them and bring them down label them dumb or stupid he can't just disagree he cannot just disagree such an embodiment of the ego to help us to help us see oh okay can i have compassion for that and can i eradicate that in myself remember ho'oponopono right what what is that teaching if you'd like to not see it in the world take total responsibility for it eliminate it in your mind yeah i remember back in october talking with people about you know if trump wins and i had such a strong feeling that if trump wins it's going to be great it's going to be great because we are going to transform so rapidly because he pushes things he does not take you know and and the other thing is i said this to my brother the other day because um I mean, it was crazy on, on Monday, uh, Lars and, and um, Lydia, I hope, hope you forgive us this, but it's, it's so interesting. Literally, I think it was Monday, we have the press secretary for the President of the United States in a press conference with international media saying, it's not a ban. Stop calling it a ban, media, that's destructive, don't do it, it's not a ban. Hours later, he's being interviewed on national news, and he's saying, well, the reason why we have the ban is, and he's calling it a ban. And it's just like, ooh, welcome to the monkey house. We are now in the monkey house. And that's why I put on Facebook, it's like, oh, we, we got so Orwellian so fast. It's like, okay alternative facts running ruling the day here like you you have to really be able to rise above the battlefield or you're gonna freak out say you know that's wrong that's bad like oh what's it for what is it for what is this for this is this is some juicy stuff man juicy juicy right rex tillerson's the next secretary of state Oh, well, oh, it's getting more interesting every day. Ah, the executive of an oil company who knows nothing about international policies and religions all around the world is now the 
the, the diplomatic representative for the United States of America. Yeah, that's, wow. These are interesting times. So the greatest crime in the universe against the law of love is humanity's almost ceaseless sending forth of every kind of irritable and destructive feeling. One day, the race will come to realize and recognize that the sinister, destructive forces manifesting on this earth and in its atmosphere generated, mark you, by human thought and feeling have only entered the affairs of individuals or nations through the lack of control in the emotions of everyone's daily personal experience. Even destructive thoughts cannot express themselves as action events or become physical things except by passing through the world of feeling. For it is in this phase of manifestation that the activity of coalescing the physical atom upon the thought forms take place. That's how it happens. So let's just take a moment and turn within here. And just look within with the, the Holy Spirit in our collective energy here. And just take a look at some area of your life that you would like to transform this year. Something that really bothers you, that you would like to really transform this year. Are you actually willing to give up feeling upset by it and start to feel that it's transforming, to feel that it's all good, to feel that it's bringing you a benefit, that there's a blessing encoded in it for you, and now you're ready to receive it? You're done with labeling it as a problem and allowing yourself to become emotionally upset by it. Doesn't mean we deny our feelings. It's just the moment we start to feel them, then we partner up. Are you willing to go to the, to the wall with it, to the mat with it? Are you willing to really, really walk the talk with this? And I encourage you to make that decision now if it feels comfortable to you and to challenge you. It's going to be up in your face. Can you accept that challenge with the help of the Holy Spirit? And the violet flame. That's what the violet flame is for. Transmuting the discordant feelings. This is why I, I tell everyone to, uh, to really use that violet flame. And the Ho'oponopono, hand it over. So it's 111 here, 111, master number. So uh, I think that's uh, a good sign for us right now. What I'd love to do is to have us, before we close out, to go around and just put into the circle briefly, what is it that you... Uh, got that you can transform let go of this year so we can hold it for each other and uh, what is the thing that makes you feel discordant so you think 
it's the circumstance that you're willing to change your mind about it and really, really hold it. And if you don't have something, you're not there yet, you say, you can just say, you know, where you are with it. And that's fine too. You know, we don't have to be where we're not. We can be transparent and authentic and we're all in a different, we're different ages. We're in different experiences. So we can have our own unique, um, experience. Kazi, would you start us off? And I can unmute you. Kazi? Yeah, now I'm here because I can't because I can't ever unmute myself. Um, yes, the thing that came up for me was um, volunteer work relationships that are not loving and supportive to transform those to loving and supportive. All relationships are holy. Oh, that's a good one. So I just want to make sure I understand that in your volunteer work, you have some relationships that um, bother you? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to go to Lana and then Linda and Jerry. Lana? I gotcha. Okay. Well, it's my relationship with my husband. I haven't, it hasn't been an unconditional love and that's what I would like it to be. And I've already started that. I feel like I have already started that and I have seen some changes, but I want to, you know, completely transform that. So it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And you, Linda? Um, what I came up with is I am willing to be so fiercely loving with myself that I become greedy for it and then share it with everyone. Beautiful. Love that. Thank you for sharing. Uh, Jerry. It's unmuter. Oh, I thought I did. Oh, sorry. Oh. I'm here. Um, what came up for me for transformation, which I could use everyone's prayers for, is believing that I can be hurt, believing people want to hurt me, mm. and because I don't think I matter. Mm. That's what I like to um, transform. That's what I like to give to um, the Holy Spirit. And I would appreciate everyone's prayers on that. Yes. Thank you. Lawrence. We'll go Lawrence, Lars, Lydia. Oh, me? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you said Lawrence. Oh, Lawrence, then Lars, then okay. Lydia. The L's are on the same row. Uh, I would like to transform the feelings of uh, powerlessness about, I feel kind of, I feel powerless to, to transform the 
the chaotic uh, conditions in my in my environment, in my in my house, in my in my home. Uh, There's a lot of discordant energy, a lot of a lot of emotional clutter that uh, that I tend to feel that I can't deal with, but that's that I want to feel that I want to take back my power. Mm. Yes. Yes, I can feel that. Yeah. Thank you, Lawrence. Lars? Yeah, for me, it's important to let go of judgment concerning my job and my workplace, that I'm not a good teacher, these things of limitations, that I transform it to, to really appreciate who I really am. This is important for me this year. Say the first part again. Also, the relationship, to, or the, yeah, my workplace. I mean, uh, that I really feel who I really am, that I really appreciate who I really am and not uh, think in terms of lack of limitations that I'm a bad teacher and things like that. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah. This is the year, my friend. Lydia. Hi. Um, I would like to let go my belief that... I'm a bad communicator. <laughs> I always believe that I don't find the right words to express what I think. So, and I see that's a belief, you know, attacking myself with it. So, I would like to let it go. Yes, and so it is. Yeah, beautiful. So let's go um, Rich and then Karen and then Carla. Okay, uh, what came to me in that, in that moment was to transform anxieties that I have when, uh, when I perceive myself getting off course and I transform that into courage to stay on the, the course that I know to be correct and to release my tendency to to leap into self-medication um, and to stay with the learning that comes out of that, that, and to also not label getting off course as a problem, but understand it differently as a way to that things are coming up for healing. Beautiful, beautiful, really beautiful. Thank you, Karen. Uh, I am choosing to remember to laugh a lot, uh, laugh deeply and laugh with the awareness that I am always already safe. I am willing to claim all my relationships. I really love all relationships as already holy and healed. And um, I'm having a lot of fun being in the now. It's a much better place to live. <laughs> Because it's where the love is. 
Yeah. So you're remembering to laugh. Yeah. I love it. And, 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 and the laughter, you know, we talked, Lars talked, I'm so grateful for his sharing because laughter is my natural state. And it's always about, am I laughing with God or with ego? I mean, that's simple. And if I'm laughing with God, I can laugh all day long at all these opportunities I create for myself in this human journey to make me feel, to use to feel fear rather than to partner with God and, and to think that I can separate from God. And if I think I can separate from God, then I've got a lot to laugh about because it's not possible. Right. Right. Yes. Oh, beautifully said. It's so gentle. Yeah. It's so gentle to understand that we can, I can laugh at myself and understand that the mistakes I'm making are so clearly the process of awakening to the true self. And uh, I'm so excited about manifesting those characteristics of the teachers of God and that we are on this path together, all of us. And as I'm looking, sometimes I look, sometimes I look away. As I'm aware of the oneness that we're all sharing on this journey of awakening to the truth of who we are, it's just absolutely beautiful. I'm so grateful for everybody's sharing today and bringing their bringing to light everything. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And Carla. <laughs> Yeah, what initially came up was that it's something that's actually shifting already, and that's my self-medication and avoidance that I do a lot, often. And but, but what what really comes to love myself, no matter what. I mean, <laughs> that's is that too. Well, you can't have two. <laughs> the Holy Spirit can only handle one thing at a time. <laughs> well, then I'm going to start with avoiding, because how can I love myself if I avoid it, right? Well, you can have two. You can have two. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, no, that's, that's really important for well, me. But that's not the only thing I want to do or not what I'm interested in. And you know what, my dear, is when you are um, recognizing the self-medication, the avoidance, then you are loving yourself. So they're completely intertwined. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So choosing self-love instead of self-medication and avoidance. But the main exactly. thing is really, um, you know, this is why you might remember this from year one. One of the things I say is, I've got that list of what to do in case of freak out or meltdown. And one of the things I say is if you feel compelled to self-medicate, let's say, you know, with wine, with food, with whatever it is, um, that first drink a big glass of water. A lot of times that will shift your energy so much. And then, uh, you know, say a prayer, partner up, and you can say, okay, I am going to take some steps to help transform how I'm feeling right now. And I'm also going to give myself to 
permission to self-medicate after I take these steps if I still feel like it. That, that's how I had to do it because my ego is such a rebel. My ego is like, you can't tell me what to do. No. And so uh, I would say, okay, you can self-medicate till midnight, but first, <laughs> walk around the block, prayer. And um, so I would do those things, and then I'd come back and I'd be like, yeah, I don't really feel like self-medicating anymore. But at least I'm the one who's choosing not to self-medicate anymore, you see? <laughs> mm-hmm. So putting my higher self in charge but not arguing with the ego. Instead of recognizing something's going on, I'm feeling it. And for me to be able to go for a walk around the block or something like that is so, it just puts me in my body. It does, it helps me. That's what I'm trying to avoid, my body. I don't like it. I'm like, what's happening? Hmm. Yeah. Well, here's another thing for you, okay? And um, we, we'll talk about this more further along in our class. And what I invite you to do, Carla, is allow yourself to express those feelings, to feel those feelings, really go into them. Not to magnify them or multiply them or make them real, but really see if you can do it with the Holy Spirit to find out what's there at the bottom of it. And to partner up with the elemental body. So you read about the elemental body in the seven sacred flames. Tell the elemental body you're ready to love your body now. And you're ready to express perfection now. Yeah. Yeah, it's big. It's big, it's big, it's big. But there is no big or small in God. Really, truly. How can one thought be bigger than another? It's we make it big because we've carried it so long. We've we've built a little altar to it, you know, we've carved our life around it. But that that doesn't make it big. It's still just a thought. And I know for you, Carla, that this is, I know how you, you're, you're on the path of being a teacher and a counselor, and this is going to be a key to how you're going to help those who come to you. This I know for you. Just as my, my, my intense meanness and judgeness and bitchiness been the the key to my ministry. I'm glad this is recorded. Unlike <laughs> yeah. community call last night. <laughs> yeah, that's life. Uh, we're living and learning. I'm I'm looking for technology. Uh, support. I'm trying some other things there, so that won't happen again. Mm-hmm. All right. 
So let's let's pray for ourselves and each other. So we take this breath of love and gratitude. So grateful and so thankful that the new heaven and the new earth is emerging in our mind. So grateful and so thankful that our awareness is opening, that we are realizing the truth. We're living it, we're practicing it, we're sharing it with each other and with all beings. We are grateful and thankful to leave the history behind and to not drag it with us anymore. We are grateful to bring the love, every juicy drop of love we've ever experienced anywhere in any time or space. It's almost forever. And we're leaving everything that was in any way an affront or against the law of love. We're living in the law of love. Grateful that we don't have to bring anything from the past with us. We are grateful and thankful to give all of the heavy lifting to the mighty I am, to the Holy Spirit, to the beloved Master, Saint Germain, and the company of heaven. We're calling forth a million healing angels to walk with us and talk with us every moment of the day. We're dedicating ourselves to being mindful of our feeling body, partnering with our elemental body. We're transforming our mind, our life, and we're grateful and thankful that everything we need has been pre-installed and we can just enjoy every moment of it. We are grateful and thankful to claim our healing now, sharing the benefits with all. We allow our healing to be. We know it's done, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Beautiful, beautiful. So um, I think we have class next week. Yes, we have class next week. Um, three classes in a row here, and then a week off from uh, Ascension Pathway. So next week, if you could bring your contracts, please. And uh, if you can email me your contracts at mlc at jenniferhadley.com, mlc at jenniferhadley.com. Thank you so much. Mwah. Bye. Thanks. Bye, guys. Bye for now. Bye, everybody. Love to all. <laughs>